with Derek and Lillian. It's here that we discuss matters relating to our mental health and trying to find ways in which we can overcome our distresses and how we can survive and live with others. So welcome again. I am your host, uh, Derek Were. And, uh, My name is Lillian Simiu. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we hope we have a very good show lined up for you and we're hoping that you will enjoy Subscribe to this and other shows on acute.co.ke. Today things are a bit different. We have for the first time. For the first time, by the way, for the first time since we started recording, we have a guest and Derek. What are we? What are we doing today? Well, today we are going to discuss about anxiety. Uh, I think it's something that we don't. Uh, put much consideration into we don't think it is a serious mental uh, issue that we need to handle or we need to overcome or we need to know whenever it comes along the way so today we're here to discuss about anxiety and we have a guest to lead the way for us to help us understand what anxiety is probably through sharing her story and at this time i'll allow our guest to introduce herself Thank you. So, how are you guys? My name is Lauren Kavai Dekisa. I'm pursuing a Bachelor of Arts degree in Psychology and I'm so honored to be here today. So, we, we are going to talk about anxiety and how it has been on my side and everything. So, I'm so happy. Yeah. Welcome. And Thank just you. even before we start, I want to ask Derek. Mm-hmm. Derek, what do you understand by anxiety? What comes to mind when we say anxiety? Uh, I think I've had this conversation with you before. You're trying to convince me that I've been through uh, some attacks. Anyway, I think I'd say anxiety is more of tension, for lack of a better word, that we experience whenever things have happened in the past and uh, they keep on affecting how our moods are. Sometimes they can even affect our sleeping pattern. Uh and they can keep us thinking and thinking about the same case over and over again. So I think that that is that is you know for lack of a better word uh, anxiety to me and what anxiety means. I don't know about Lillian. I don't know about <laughs> Ida Giza. Maybe Lillian can tell us what anxiety is. Okay, anxiety is worry. Worry about mostly the future. To put it simply. Yeah, but maybe we should hear from Lorraine who has experienced this. Lorraine, what would you say is anxiety? What do you experience when you have anxiety? Okay, to me, uh, uh, anxiety it's a it's a health mental health disorder mm-hmm. that is characterized by fear, intense fear, and uh, it can actually stop you from doing your day to day activities regardless of whether you are or who you are or the exact place that you are at that time. So you go in the public and you're like, you feel something is not right. You feel like someone is watching you, even if someone is not watching you. Mm -hmm. You feel like people, the people who are around you are watching you. You just have that kind of feeling. 
And if you like don't get it in control, you might even start shaking or you start losing your breath or you start like just sweating. And at times you're like, you can't do this. If you mm-hmm. don't like get help or if you don't get someone that is a bit quiet and just like tell yourself it's okay, it's bad. It's really bad. Mm-hmm. Personally, I've experienced anxiety and it's not something that you can joke with. Mm-hmm. At times I walk into a room full of people and I'm like, I can't do this. But depending on what I'm going to do on that day, I just have to push. I just have to push it and like move and tell myself I can do this. I can do this. At times, I really avoid being in public a lot, a lot, because I tend to feel like people are watching me. People are watching my moves. People are talking about me, even if people are not talking about me. I feel voices. I feel like someone is telling me, that person is watching you. This is happening. And at times, I'm like, I can't even concentrate. When you have anxiety, you can't concentrate at all, at all, at all. And it gets to a point, I have to like take in water, take in like long breaths, and I'm like telling myself, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. I might be okay for like 20 minutes, then it hits me, I'm in public again, and I got the same procedure. So I'm like, Whew. I try to calm down, but I've learned to control it. I've learned to like live with it. Some days are good, some days are bad, some days are like, I can't even go out. I'd wake up, get dressed, look in the mirror. I'm like, oh, today I'm ready for the day. Once I step outside, I'm like, no, I can't do this. I go back in. Ooh. It's that bad. <laughs> it sounds bad. bad. And yes. I would want maybe people listening to you are wondering what mm-hmm. causes anxiety? What gets you to that point mm-hmm. where you experience all these things? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Anxiety, It does. it's like... Uh, I can't really tell what caused my anxiety. I just found myself there. But for some people, it uh, there are triggers. Sometimes probably you underwent something traumatic or you had an accident or maybe something happened to you. You were molested as a kid. So anytime you see a man coming, it triggers. You're like, I'm not safe. I can see. Regardless of whether you know the person or not, you're like, this guy... He's coming for me, you know. Sometimes a male might speak to you and you're like, he's out there to hurt me. Even if that person doesn't even want to do anything to you. And you're like, <coughs> it's happening. Or sometimes it's maybe you come from a violent home. Anytime you see your dad, maybe he was violent towards your mom, violent towards you. You have anxiety. Anytime he walks in, the urge of you leaving becomes so strong. And at times... Uh, it's about the friends we have, you know, the choices they make us do or their influences on us, you know. At times you might not even realize how strong your friend's influence is to you until when you're just alone and you're like, I shouldn't have done this. You have these thoughts of regrets, feelings of fear, you know, insecurities. And at the end of the day, when you go back home, that's when it hits you hard, or maybe you don't even, sometimes you don't want to stay around people because of anxiety. Sometimes you also don't want to stay alone because of anxiety. So you're in between there. And at times you don't want to stay with people so that you can hide your anxiety. You know, sometimes you walk into a room and you're like, everybody is watching me. 
I need to get out of here. But you can't get out of that place when you have to do something in that place. You see? So now it's a battle that is from inside. It's not outside. I might be seated here right now and I'm, I'm having anxiety. You can't tell. It's only me who knows. You see? So that's how it works. That's how it happens. And at times, for example, the 2007 post-election violence, those people who are affected, if you come across one or two, they'll tell you that they have anxiety. Anytime they think of violence, there's so much anxiety because they feel like this person might attack them, you see, because of what really happened. So majorly that's what causes anxiety. Probably to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Direct you, direct it to you and Lillian. Where do we draw the line between anxiety and uh, post-traumatic stress disorder? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you tell this is anxiety and this is PTSD? So, uh, PTSD it's a form of anxiety. It's a form of anxiety. Like uh, there are. Around six six types of anxiety. Mm-hmm. So let me. I think I should just go through one by one, and then uh, we'll get to PTSD. So the first one is social anxiety. So social anxiety: a person has intense fear of being criticized or embarrassed or humiliated in every situation. For example, speaking publicly, publicly, sorry, or eating in public. Some people cannot eat in public. They cannot. They just cannot. Are they not shy people? I'm a <laughs> no. no. <laughs> introverts. Actually, social anxiety is very real. Mm-hmm. And some people, uh, the way she's mentioned, they're very, they're different types mm. of anxiety. There's the general one, there's social yeah. anxiety. It's mm-hmm. different depending on what experiences you've had. Mm-hmm. And I think social anxiety, you see, sometimes we assume people are shy, but yeah. they're not shy. Mm. Mm. They're experiencing anxiety. They literally do not know how to function. Mm-hmm. Yeah around people they don't know what to do they don't know who to speak to they don't know how to socialize so it's real they're not shy and mm-hmm. the way she's saying some people legit cannot eat in front of people because of anxiety mm-hmm. yeah why are you smiling are you <laughs> no i am i am a lawyer so, <laughs> <laughs> so you know there's a common proverb in lawyer no matter what you go through in life that mm-hmm. is not a lawyer proverb. Eat fast. You guys, <laughs> <laughs> it's not a lawyer proverb please so anyway, I think we're learning a lot. I think mm-hmm. before we distracted, you were talking about social anxiety and yes. you're explaining to us mm-hmm. what it is all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably you can keep on highlighting the other forms of anxiety. Yeah, so for example, like speaking in public. Some people are not shy. Honestly, they are not shy. But the thought of just speaking in public, it puts them off completely, completely. You know, like I might be a fluent speaker, but the moment I walk into a room full of people, I'm like off. It's like I become numb, you know. I can't even think. I can't even do anything. And maybe Ali had prepared myself to come and speak and everything. But the moment I see a crowd, that's why I draw the line. Yeah. Because anxiety creeps in and I, I can't do this. I can't speak anymore. And people think you're just shy. No, you're not shy. It's anxiety. And then another thing is uh, specific phobias, actually. So one feels fearful about a particular object or situation or may go to length avoiding it. Some people, actually, when I was coming in, I was telling Were, I'm so scared of lifts, especially when we are going up, because I get dizzy, really, really dizzy. So some people are scared of length. Some people are scared of some animals, for example, snakes, you know, and you find other people embracing snakes and everything. So we all have different phobias, you know. And uh, it also, that causes anxiety. And then another one is panic disorder. 
So panic disorder, a, a person has panic attacks, which are very intense, overwhelming, and uncontrollable feelings combined with physical symptoms. You see? So for example, personally, I do have panic attacks. Personally. I, I actually have panic attacks. And what does that look like? Panic attacks. Mm-hmm. So I walk out. Then I see someone is just looking at me in a weird way. That's it. I get panic attacks. Or maybe I might just be seated and I just feel like I'm not okay. I just, I get some worry, mm-hmm. you know, I become fearful. Something has not really happened or somebody has not triggered it. I just become so worried. Mm. Would you describe to us what a panic attack looks like? Like, mm-hmm. is it sweating, breathing heavily? Yes. What does it What does it look like? So, you feel like uh, you are trembling. Your body is trembling. It's not cold, but you are trembling, and then you start breathing fast. You start sweating. At times, you have chest pains. Some really intense chest pains, and uh, someone might confuse it for like a heart attack. It's not a heart attack, but it's just some intense chest pains, really intense. And uh, at times you feel like your blood pressure is too high. Or you just feel you're becoming dizzy. You're just dizzy. You see, you're sweating, you're becoming dizzy, your heart rate is high, you see. And then at times your lips become dry, so, so dry, very, very dry. Uh, At times your eyes may start to twitch, you know. Sometimes you're like, it's like something is twitching in your eye. And your hands become so sweaty. So that's how panic attack happens. Your hands become so, so sweaty. Uh, and then another thing, uh, you cannot really like support your weight. Your legs become so weak that if you don't sit down immediately, you might fall down. Become so, so weak. So that's how panic attack happens. And... Uh, Another thing, oh, the fourth one, it's the generalized anxiety disorder. This is just like, you're just generally anxious about anything and everything. I think most people usually undergo the generalized anxiety disorder. You see, at times you just wake up and you just have a non-worry. You can't tell, or maybe something doesn't go right, or you wanted to work out something and it doesn't work out in your favor. So you just become anxious, you know. So that's the generalized anxiety. So, and then the fifth one is the obsessive compulsive disorder. OCD. Yes, I also undergo this one. <laughs> so obsessive compulsive disorder, you feel like at times, if you don't do things yourself, someone else cannot do it. Yeah. Or rather at times you feel like if you don't keep on washing your hands, you'll die because of germs, you know. Or maybe at times I come, I put this phone here, and then someone else says, removes it and puts it in another place. I feel like, no, 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 you've just like done the worst mistake. It was supposed to be here and not here, you get. And then at times you're like, if you don't arrange the house in a certain way, or if you don't cook your meal in a certain way, and someone does it in a different way, you feel like, no, it's any, you just don't even feel like the meal is sweet enough, or you feel like the house doesn't look good enough because you like your things being in. A certain particular order, order. Yeah. yes or if at all i come and wipe this table and i feel like it's not clean enough i'd even like spend a lot of time they're just trying to clean this space or if someone else does it i feel like they've not done it the way i wanted it to be done 
And and just to add, mm-hmm. to add, sorry to interrupt, mm-hmm. to add on what you're saying. These people, if you're out here and you're calling yourself a perfectionist, mm-hmm. yeah, this yeah. is probably mm-hmm. where you lie. And I'm afraid perfectionism is not a very, it's not something to be proud of. Because it means if you're a perfectionist, you waste a lot of time. Mm-hmm. You get, you take longer to do tasks. So this is, many people fall there. But also the reason why we are doing this, it's not for you to self-diagonize. Mm. Yeah, we're just having a discussion and helping people to have a little bit of knowledge of, of the different types of anxiety. So don't go saying, oh my God, I have OCD, oh my God, mm-hmm. I have social anxiety or generalized anxiety yes. or whatever anxiety that has been mentioned because it's not in your place to diagonize people and yourself or even people. Because I see a lot of, once we learn these things, we mm-hmm. tend to throw these words around, yeah, call people yeah. narcissists, tell mm-hmm. people they're depressed, toxic. and mm-hmm. call people toxic. Don't do that. That's not why we are here. So mm-hmm. I think it's just important to put this out there. Yes. So at times it's not really perfectionism or something. Other people, they confuse it with OCD, as she has said. So someone will be like, ah, I think I have OCD. Sometimes you don't have OCD. You just yeah. love your things being in a certain yes. order, you know. You you know, you, you start to know it's OCD if literally you cannot function mm-hmm. unless mm. that thing looks a certain way. Mm-hmm. Come on, if you want, if a picture is meant to be, let's say, at that point, mm-hmm. if it's not that point, you can't function. You have anxiety because of that. Yes. Then you probably need to check in with a psychiatrist or yeah. psychologist mm-hmm. and seek help. So you know it's a problem when it hinders you from your day-to-day operation. But if you can live with it, then... Mm-hmm. probably you have no reason to worry. Talking of living with it, I wanted to ask uh, mm-hmm. somebody who is undergoing uh, anxiety, be it yes. social anxiety or general anxiety or OCD, mm-hmm. whichever form of anxiety, mm-hmm. is it a day-to-day thing or it happens once in a while? Is it that like people walk in and say, ah, we have anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, or it's something that happens, we cannot really predict how mm-hmm. often it happens and is it something that it's possible it happens to everyone once in a while or, you know, how do you define anxiety in terms of mm-hmm. its occurrence? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I feel like everyone has a undergone anxiety. Everyone. It's not really like uh, limited to a certain group of people. At times you might not even be like, uh, it's not anxiety. All of us, we've had our worries, right? I mean that's anxiety at some point. Yeah, come at ile, mm-hmm. just to interrupt. Come at ile, for example, you have anxiety about an exam, mm-hmm. a proposal. Mm-hmm. Maybe you want to ask somebody, somebody's daughter's out for dinner. You have experienced anxiety at some point, but yeah. also just to take us back, mm-hmm. Lauren mentioned anxiety is intense fear, and this intense fear most of the time it comes from a place. It comes from trauma, experiences mm-hmm. that people have had as kids or whatever. The reason why somebody may have social anxiety, it's maybe because they had a traumatic situation in a place mm-hmm. where maybe they were ashamed as a kid in, in front of the class or things like that. So it comes from trauma, from a place of experiences that we've had that have been traumatic that causes people to have this intense fear and worry that probably the same thing mm-hmm. will happen again. And to answer your question now, Doreen mentioned some days are better than others. Mm-hmm. So different things trigger anxiety for different people, especially people who have anxiety. So there's, there's the normal anxiety that everyone goes through, but there's intense anxiety that could qualify enough as a mental health disorder. Mm-hmm. For that, 
most of the time it comes from trauma and it's not possible to say somebody maybe you'll have anxiety today tomorrow you won't mm. have different things have different triggers so today you could be okay tomorrow you could have a bad day so it's just about managing and coping mm-hmm. yeah and then another thing you can't tell if someone has anxiety not unless they open it they open up like and tell you oh you know i go through this and all that but i might walk into the room and I just sit down but where i'm seated i have like intense anxiety right at that moment so you see not unless someone tells you oh you know i go through this you can't really tell yeah. you or unless really you're, witness- you're witnessing them having panic attacks yes yeah mm-hmm. of which you won't know it's a panic attack unless mm-hmm. they tell you it's a panic panic attack mm. So, Doreen, yes, we've talked quite a bit about ang- lo- sorry, Lauren, mm-hmm. about anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I would want to ask mm-hmm. now that you have ad- you have told us that this is something you experienced. Yes. I would want to know how do you cope? Mm-hmm. What are your coping mechanisms? Mm-hmm. What do you do when you realize maybe you're having a panic attack or a moment of anxiety? What mm-hmm. do you do? What do you do to get better? Mm-hmm. So before I answer your question, I wanted to like touch on the last bit mm-hmm. of uh, the types of anxiety, the post-traumatic stress disorder. So PTSD, it happens after a person experiences a traumatic event. You see, either war, accident, or anything, you know. And so anytime this person remembers whatever happened this person gets anxiety immediately or anytime they see something that is related to what they went through or anytime they're watching news and they hear so and so was kidnapped this happened and they remember they were also kidnapped they get anxiety you see they get anxiety so it's it sometimes they might be healing but you know healing is a process It's just not a one day thing that you're like I'll walk out of the doctor's office I'm okay everything is fine. Some days you'll experience anxiety like you can't even tell and some days you're like at your best mood. So you see it's a process. It's one step at a time. And the doctors will always tell you you are not going to walk out of my office today and just tell me everything is okay. No. Some days or you might even go for months without experiencing it and then some months some months it might be heavy on you. So, for PTSD, whenever this person encounters something similar to what they were, they went through, it's a trigger for them. You see. So, uh back to Lillian. Yes. So, for me, what I've learned to how to manage my anxiety. At times when I don't feel like going to the public, I won't go. Because public is my number one enemy. At times I won't go. Or sometimes I'll go but I'm just wearing the perfect smile and I'm like everything is fine but inside I'm having this war inside I'm like no you can't do this yes you can do this no you can't do this and I'm like okay I can do it so at times I have to go on with my day fighting anxiety you see because I have responsibilities I have to take care of and my responsibilities cannot take care of themselves if I'm just sitting at home so at times I do I carry out my day activities whereas I'm undergoing anxiety Other times I just work out like I just work out at times I pray guys prayer works it works it works you know that time when you just dedicated to god songs like you're just there it works it calms me down or at times I just take a nap when I wake up I'll be much better or I'd go for a walk no phone no nothing you know just walking meditating it really works 
that works for me. For other people, I can't tell. But for me, that works. Or at times, I just look into the mirror and tell myself, I can do this. You know, like the self-talk you have. Or But I do talk to myself a lot. Whether I'm walking, whether I'm taking a bath. Whatever so I, I, by that, do you mean affirmations? Yes. Okay. And then I'm like, I just tell myself, like, you can do this. You know, you can do this. I say self-talks work. It really does work. Sometimes you don't need a group to talk to. You just need to talk to yourself. You know, sometimes I just tell my, I just tell myself, sorry, calm down. You got this. Calm down, and it works. Or sometimes I take deep breaths. I take in lots of water. You know, and it works. Within ten or fifteen minutes, I'm back, and you can't even tell I was having a panic attack or anxiety. Let me let me ask. Uh, mm-hmm. You've talked about uh, PTSD. I think I also experience, uh, especially when it comes to speed. I have. Mm-hmm. I think I freak out whenever I'm in a speedy vehicle mm-hmm. uh, because one, I have an issue with speed. Number two, it reminds me of there was some. I think two years ago we were involved in an accident, mm-hmm. so in a way, it you know it makes me freak out. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I I am not even in a position to control myself. Yes. I, I like I lose my mind in the process, mm-hmm. you know, and experience the panics and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have mentioned something to do with. Uh, I'm imagining I'm now you know going to a place or i i'm I needed to be somewhere mm-hmm. and uh, i have issues with you know boarding vehicles or boarding matatus or motorbikes mm-hmm. at that point how do you handle your anxiety you know other mm-hmm. than you've mentioned uh something to do with you take a walk you do mm-hmm. a lot of self-talk mm-hmm. uh and all the other stuff yes but i'm now imagining um in that point where whatever triggers me mm-hmm already exist at mm-hmm. that point mm-hmm. you know how do i overcome such kind of uh anxiety you know inter- when it, i want to heal mm-hmm. yeah so for example you are in a vehicle or maybe you don't just be around people you can take you can take a uh, a noob or something or if you are not in a position to to take one and uh, you are in a bus the driver is overspeeding or something you can just walk up to him and tell him could you kindly just don't overspeed because this is something that really triggers your anxiety, you see. But if the driver doesn't listen to you, another option is just like, Ushuke, you take another mat, you know. Or maybe you just try and take long, deep breaths. It will calm you down. You get? Yeah. Because anytime you see a speeding vehicle, you've already been triggered and you can't control it. Because it's something that happened to you two years ago. Yeah. Yes. So the best that you can just do, because you definitely need to get somewhere, you know, and um, not everybody will accommodate your situation. That's one thing you need to accept, you know. Some people don't take anxiety as a mental disorder. You see, they just feel like, oh, it's just the normal worry. No, it's a mental disorder. And not everybody will accommodate you or whatever you're going through. So one, you just have to like sit where you're comfortable really where you're comfortable and taking long deep breaths you know that will really help also just to add i lauren has mentioned a lot about trying to prevent the situation mm-hmm. tell the driver not to to overspeed mm-hmm. and avoid the situation take a uber take a walk mm-hmm. but also what you need to understand the thing she's mentioned is very important no one not everyone is coming to you understanding that you have anxiety mm-hmm. and you need to be taken care of so what we need to do is i would advise if you can 
get therapy because mm-hmm. therapies especially cognitive behavior therapy will help you to rewire your brain because what your traumatic situation does it it tampers with your brain to think a certain way to perceive things a certain way so when you go through cbt it will help you to overcome the situation from inside so that even when you're in a speedy vehicle you're able to have control from the inside mm-hmm. in, instead of a, instead of expecting other people to like sort of giving that responsibility to other people i don't know if i'm making sense mm-hmm. yeah yeah yes. uh, speaking of therapy mm-hmm. uh, at what point do you rea- you uh, realize uh, it's getting out of hand and you need psychiatric help First of all, I have I cannot overemphasize the fact that as much as we are here talking about anxiety, PTSD and all those things, we are not doing this so that you can diagnose yourself. Yeah. And it's important for you to, before you say you have anxiety or PTSD or depression or all these things. It's important for you to see a psychologist. Mm-hmm. They will help you and guide you through mm-hmm. identifying what mm-hmm. is, is going on. You might be thinking you have anxiety but maybe not. Mhm or maybe you don't need that kind of help. So, it's important that you see a professional. Once this professional helps you to identify you have anxiety, this mm. type of anxiety and this is where it's coming from, then they can help you to get the kind of help that you need. Mm-hmm. So, it's important even before don't sit for yourself and decide it's getting out of hand. Mm-hmm. When you decide it's getting out of hand, you go and seek help and that's where you can now be helped on how to move forward based on what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And then another thing, uh anxiety it's not treatable. You cannot you'll not go to the hospital and be like given drugs or being told after you take these pills you'll be good. No. It's more of just therapy, you know, learning to control your anxiety and uh, trying to avoid things that trigger you, you know. But uh even if you'll be given drugs it will be more or less like antidepressants, but it will only work for you. During that time. Yes, during that time. Mm. Once the effect of the drug is over, you're back to your normal self. So, it doesn't really have a cure. It's more of just therapy, you learning how to control it and just avoiding the triggers. That's how you can just maneuver through. Yeah. For me that has worked. It has really worked. Okay. So now as we near the end of this, I would like to for us, each one of us to just for us to have a conversation about how or what we would like to tell for mm-hmm. example someone like gladness for example yes. who doesn't know anything about anxiety when she comes in contact with Lorraine mm-hmm. how should she interact with her mm-hmm. what do we need to tell other people who don't know about anxiety how to treat people who are living for example with anxiety how to be mm-hmm. quote unquote sensitive yes. to their needs Mm-hmm. And I would like probably to start with you Lorraine like what okay. would you want the next person to know when for example or to do when you're having mm-hmm. a panic ta- panic attack or mm-hmm. when you don't want to get in a room full of people what would you want how would somebody help you if they wanted to mm-hmm. yeah so one like I'd really emphasize on kindness everywhere go just be kind because you don't know what someone is battling you don't know what someone is going through and the moment you are kind to someone they might be okay i can tell this person i'm going through this at this point they might help me you see for example if you're having a panic attack and someone is kind to you, you might tell them okay get me a glass of water this and this will help me but you see if you're not kind enough someone will not open up someone will just be like 
let me struggle with myself and what I'm going through. So guys, everywhere you go, kindness, kindness. Just be kind. Asa kama ni ochokora on the streets. Be kind. Just be kind. To whoever person you're meeting, just be kind. Everything you do, remember kindness. A lot of us, we are fighting silent battles. But the moment you're just kind enough, you know, it helps. It really helps. So for me, if probably I'm in public and I'm uh, undergoing anxiety and I'd want someone to help me, at first, if I don't have water, I always walk with water. See, everywhere I'm going, I always have water. So if I'm not able to reach my water, I'll tell maybe Derek kindly help me with my water. It's somewhere in my bag. Or maybe get me to a place that is quiet where I can just sit, relax, you know, and I'll be able to get up and do my daily activities as i said when i walk into a room full of people sometimes i get anxiety so sometimes i like going to a place maybe 10 minutes or 30 minutes earlier so that so that i get familiar with the place i get familiar with the people so just in case i'm having anxiety between these 10 to 20 minutes before the event i'm able to control myself and like just get in see once i've already controlled it i can be able to get in do what i have to do and move on but the moment i just storm in here Okay, I find here people and I'm like, no, I can't do this. I'll freak out and I won't be able to deliver. So most times I walk in a bit earlier than the required time so that I can calm myself down. I can control it so that the time when I'm standing up to do what I have to do, I'm good to go. Yeah. So sometimes just prepare yourself prior to whatever you have to do so that you don't have uh, the attack. It will really help. Just familiarize yourself with the environment you're going to be in. Derek. Wow, I think she has mentioned so many stuff. <laughs> uh, one thing I think as we discuss anxiety is uh, we are all fighting different battles. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are not fighting the same battle. And at times, I think I've experienced where people will be shocked when you tell them you are anxious over a particular issue. They'll be like, you need to man up, especially mm-hmm. among men. You need to man up for crying out loud as in, how are you scared of speed? You know, mm-hmm. how are you scared of women? We don't even ask what triggered, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the emotion, you know, or the feeling or the panic. So I'd say we need to be more sensitive when we are around people we care and even strangers. Learn to just listen, learn to to understand the other side of the story and you will be in a position to help. Because I think some years back, we were traveling from, I think, somewhere in Turkana. And then that time, it was actually at night, and it was not really safe. We had uh, police in our, in our bus, and it was a tense mood. I remember that period, you know, moving from Lokichar to the Kainuk Bridge, all the way to West Pokot, and guys were totally anxious. Then there's this lady who freaked out. I think she talked after two days. At that time, I didn't. I was not really aware about these issues. It was like, unimsofti. Like, isn't it to in a happen? We experience certain kind of things, you know. But you know, slowly and slowly realizing, we all are fighting different battle. You cannot use your struggle to define other people's struggle. Mm-hmm. Let my struggle define my struggle. Let your struggle define your struggle, and just accommodate. And you never know how. A difference you're going to make outside here okay just to add on what you guys are saying it's important 
I really we can't overemphasize the fact of the fact that everyone is fighting mm-hmm. a different battle and we don't know what is going inside is going on inside of the lives of people. And the one thing I'd say for me I've I've seen it don't as my friend or somebody who's around me if I if you see that somebody's experiencing mm-hmm. let's say anxiety don't wish their problems away. Yes. Somebody will tell you don't be anxious. So I'm wondering if you tell me don't be anxious, what do you mean don't be anxious? It is not an I can't, on and not, off. Yeah, it's not an on and off button that mm-hmm. I get to switch off and on. Yes. So instead of wishing my problems away, how about try to understand mm-hmm. what is happening? Try to understand what exactly is going on and mm-hmm. how you can be of help. Just the same thing you guys have said. Be mm-hmm. more kind. Be willing to listen and understand what is happening instead of just invalidating mm-hmm. people's problems mm-hmm. by wishing them away and telling them you'll be okay, mm-hmm. don't worry, don't be anxious, it's okay. I used to be like that three years ago. Yeah, <laughs> even me, it happens to me. Mm-hmm. You know, don't don't do any of that. Don't do, try to just, if you really want to help, mm-hmm. try to understand. And if you can't, mm-hmm. refer someone to somebody who can help them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then on that note, like uh, if someone is opening up to you, don't now start telling them about your problems, forgetting their own yeah, problems, yeah. you know. And then another thing I forgot to mention, another thing that can also trigger anxiety, smell. Smell. So, for example, maybe I was involved in an accident and then the smell of blood, you know. Anytime I come across the smell of blood, it triggers my anxiety because it takes me back to when I had that accident, the out of blood spillage and everything sometimes perfume anytime i come across another person wearing the same perfume i'll be triggered yeah so smell okay i think we have talked uh, quite a bit uh, about this i would want us to just have a parting shot as we end this podcast i'll start with you derek i think i'm i'm still processing you know, information shared today uh, by Dagiza and, of course, Lillian. Uh, I think my partition is something I've already said. Learn to be kind. Mm-hmm. Just learn to be kind. And that will be probably the best and the biggest uh, impact you can make to yourself and to other people around you. Back to you, Lillian. Lauren, what would you like to tell our <laughs> audience? Uh, just on what like Derek has said, kindness, guys, kindness, everywhere you go, just be kind, you know, kindness, because there's just a lot that goes on around the streets with people, their battles, so the moment your kindness, you're saving a soul out there, you know, you might be unkind to someone and you might not know what impact that would have on them. They might end up committing suicide, doing other things without you knowing. So kindness, people, just be kind to each and every person, regardless of, of who the person is. Be kind everywhere you go. And try to put yourself in people's shoes, you know. Don't always be like uh, trying to just pinpointing people and you're like, if someone does something wrong, you're like, when are you going to grow up? No. At times try to understand people with their problems and just embrace them the way they are. Okay, for me, I'd say there's a lot of, apart from anxiety, there's other mental health issues that people go through. And in our last episode, we talked about 
empathy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think this is where you get to exercise it. And even as we are trying to, we are saying you exercise empathy, it's also an opportunity for you to be self-aware because maybe you're the one with anxiety. Mm-hmm. You're the one who needs to understand yourself better. So decide which one are you which are you are you the one who needs to understand yourself and try to better yourself or are you the one who needs to offer more empathy to others as you interact with them with that said thank you so much guys for today i hope that this podcast will be inspiring it will mm-hmm. be it will be educative to the people listening to it and yeah we're done bye 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 <laughs> This production is done by Acute Media.